NBA fans, we've got about three weeks left in March, two weeks left in April before the end of the NBA season, and it's coming at us fast. Uh, Tankathon is well underway. It looks like the Western Conference playoff seedings might actually be set in stone thanks to the Lakers' loss to the Clippers earlier this week. Things are looking bad if you're a Laker fan, as I am. It almost seems like there's no reason to watch basketball. Um, and then you look at the Warriors who have just lost a couple games to Eastern Conference teams and it makes you think maybe it's possible that a team in the Western Conference can beat out the Warriors. Who knows? We'll discuss that and more. But before starting the podcast off, we got to stay with the Lakers here, Sean. Here's a trivia question for you. What were the Lakers over and under uh, season wins in Vegas at the start of this year? All right, Alan. I mean, <laughs> I'm really sorry that we have to do this to you. I mean, we, we, I feel like we do this to you every week talking about Lakers this, Lakers that. Maybe they still have a chance. We still believe in them. And now we've come to this point where we've lost all faith because the numbers say we might as well have no faith at all. Right. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing I was telling. I was like, well, people would ask me, you know, people with like very little NBA knowledge at work or whatever they know I'm a huge NBA guy and they'd be like oh Alan how are how are the Laker playoff odds looking are they gonna make the playoffs I'm like well let's put it this way mathematically yes they still can <laughs> but spiritually it's over the spirit is dead yeah there's no spirit there's no NBA there's no Laker fan out there that still believes they make the playoffs but as far as their no. over and under season wins at the start of the year, I'm going to have to go pretty close to what we were saying at the beginning of the year. I'm going to go 46. 46? Yeah. Uh, that You know, if we both would have placed money at 46, me and you would have been big winners. Oh, it's <laughs> the under. <laughs> yeah, so the, the Laker odds were placed from Vegas at 48 wins. Wow. Man, I wish we had taken that bet, but... Man, we it's just so, yeah, like you were talking about gambling a few weeks ago, you're learning from a well, some gambling podcast or something that you just can't buy into the hype when stuff yeah. like this happens and that inflates gambling uh odds like this so highly. Uh that yeah. would have been an easy bet for us to make looking back now. Yeah, and and that happens, you know. Uh things get hyped. Vegas sets a number, people of course take the um, the over. And that's what happened in this case is uh, the Westgate Vegas Sportsbook, which is one of the top 10 uh, largest sportsbooks in Vegas, um, 83% of people bet on the over 83%? on the Lakers. 83%? 83%. No way. So the hype was big. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely insane. 83%. That means, wow. They they tricked everybody. They tricked yes. everyone. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Like, look at this roster. This roster barely got to 35 wins last year, and they got worse by losing Brooke Lopez and Randall. Sure, you add LeBron, but I mean. Well, yeah, that's why it's crazy that so many people took the over because it's just like the same team as the Cavs were last year because it's just LeBron and a bunch of guys that aren't very good yet or, like, will never be good, and they only won 45 games last year, the Cavs did. Yeah, and I, I, this Laker team is way worse than that Cavs team. There's no just simply by the fact that there's no Kevin Love. Man, I do wonder though if Lonzo had stayed healthy. I just feel like he is somehow a linchpin on this team. Yeah, I mean it. 
the numbers say it should be when you just look at the run they've gone on right now without Lonzo Ball. Um, but one more point that I wanted to make, the over and under on the Clippers was about oh. 38 wins. It, and I might have taken the under on that too. <laughs> I did not think this team was going anywhere. Tobias Harris had an amazing year. Daniel Gallinari is miraculously healthy most of the time. That's true. Like, I, that is a we, huge factor. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised we haven't done a numbers breakdown on Gallinari compared to his career. I mean, I feel like he rarely even plays sixty, close to 60% of the games, at least the last couple years. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, I would never bank on him playing that many games. And I don't know if the Clippers hired some amazing training staff this year. Steve Ballmer shelled out the money to get that, that kind of medical staff, but... They're doing way better than they were last year as far as injuries. I thought, like, oh, they they uh, shored up their depth because they knew all their guys were going to get hurt, so at least they'd still be a little bit competitive when they got injured. But they've been mostly healthy for the rest of, for the whole year, except outside of Luke Mabamute, who I keep forgetting is on this team because he hasn't <laughs> played. He, was yeah, on he the hasn't roster. played the whole season. I, I keep forgetting. I'm like, man, I wonder if this guy could really help out. I don't even know. He, I, I don't even know if he was like an out for season this whole time, or if he still like plans on coming back at some point. <laughs> I mean, we're going to the playoffs as far as I'm concerned at this point, so I don't know if he's gonna try to like, sh- like sh- wiggle in some minutes here and there at some point. I don't know. Yeah, if you could have him, Patrick Beverly, God, that would. This is just and Montrez Harrell clamping down, man. Yeah, this this is just God. This is gonna be one of the most annoying teams for any team to play in the first round of the playoffs. Oh yeah, um, I, I can't just, imagine that Mabamute would come back in any sort of game shape though after being out for like six months. Yeah, no way. But God, what an asset that he would be right oh, now man. for this team. That would be just amazing. On the closing stretch. Yeah, man, I can't. I want. I hope that they're able to bring some of these guys back next year on cheap contracts because I know we're going to shell out a lot of money for big free agents, but that's that's a story for another time. I'm always yeah. excited to talk about the Clippers. Yeah, and um, anyways, back to the Vegas thing. 83% of people took the over there, so the Vegas casinos are walking away as rich, this rich, This is how rich, they make money, men. man. <laughs> this yep. is how they make their money. That is insane. Usually if you see only... a 50-50 split with like these type of bets. Yeah, if only this many people supported the uh, the Clippers, then the the Vegas sportsbook would be worried. But I wonder how many people took the over there. If they did, then they're gonna take some of that eighty three percent money. I'm sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they got really good odds on that one, man. Or like, if anyone bet on the Clippers making the playoffs, even that had to be amazing odds. If you actually ended up winning that, if you, right, if you counted on them. I mean, if you think about what we were talking about heading into this year, that this was going to be a 14-team deep uh, battle for playoffs. Like, the seeding wasn't even going to matter. Just getting into the playoffs was going to be a victory. Um, yeah. But at this point, th- that's it. that's all it is now. It's just a battle for seeding, except for the Kings, who who still want to try to sneak in there for the eighth seed. Yeah, just on a close loss to Boston tonight, uh, just one step farther away from their dreams of making the playoffs, while the Spurs and Clippers continue to rise uh, but then we come back to the Lakers' playoff odds, which, like you said before, are mathematically still possible, but spiritually impossible <laughs> at this point, <laughs> with ESPN and Basketball Reference both having them at lower than a 1% chance uh, to make the playoffs. And even 538, who has forever been the optimist in this situation, even has them at 1% right now. So the question right now, Alan, is, is it finally time that everyone starts talking about other teams besides the Lakers? 
Uh, yeah, I think the Lakers <laughs> have ridden their train of national new he- news headlines the last three weeks or so, and they took a little pause. Um, then when LeBron came back, they came back on. LeBron got injured. They took a pause. Um, but yeah, I think we've hit. They are they are in the realm of irrelevance, unless something crazy happens. Where like the Hawks, they quadruple double, they quadruple team uh, Harden <laughs> to stop his streak, or they go to a quad double quad overtime. <laughs> um, against the Bulls, like unless something like that happens, um, yeah, it's they're in irrelevance yeah, right now. There's just sadly nothing to, to talk say. about at this point. Even if they were to go on like a good winning streak, it would require the teams like the Clippers and Spurs and Kings to all go on losing streaks. Also, so they just don't control their own destiny at all. And I'm sure throughout that locker room, their guys are all demotivated. You're looking at them even not even potentially making it to the 35 wins they had last year, which is just Ooh. absurd to think about when you, you think about how much better this roster looks on paper. Um, and then you, you talk about how the injuries that have happened, and you could paint a different picture there. And you, you do wonder what if LeBron didn't get hurt on Christmas, if Lonzo didn't get hurt in January. Uh, yeah. There's just a lot of what ifs, and you know I think it will come down to patience in this off season. Like I don't think Lonzo, Brandon Ingram are guys you really necessarily need to get rid of for Anthony Davis. In my mind, if you can somehow keep them healthy, unless they're just going to be forever injury prone, then they still have very valuable careers as Lakers. And I think they should continue trying to believe in these guys. Just give them one more year. It's kind of like the D'Angelo Russell effect. Just give these guys mm-hmm. a little time to develop in the NBA. Yeah, um, it's going to be an interesting stretch of offseason here for the Lakers. Um, right now, they're sitting at a 2.8 chance of winning that lottery where they are. <laughs> it's better they chance have... than making the playoffs. <laughs> exactly. That just completely flipped over in one game. A bad loss, too, to the Clippers. Like There oh, was no crushing. energy, no spirit. <laughs> uh, you would think they were going to go into that game with playoff atmosphere, playoff energy, and it was over by... I don't know. Midway the third the, quarter. Yeah, through through the third. And, like, they were still kind of in it in the fourth, but you could just tell, like, the Clippers had complete control, and they wanted it more, honestly, surprisingly. Yeah, yeah it was pretty obvious that – and, I mean, they knew, I think, in the back of their minds, like, if they win this game, they can walk away for the next, uh, what, six, seven weeks, eight weeks, talking about them being the best L.A. team. And, granted, mm-hmm. um, they deserve it. They deserve oh, totally. it for the year they've had. Yeah, to really put but, everything into perspective for you for this uh, for this trade that you deemed the worst trade of the trade deadline. And I think yeah. at this point, you have to be correct. I thought it was kind of silly that you'd call it the worst trade, but it ended <laughs> up being it. The Clippers are 7-3 and three since acquiring a Visa Zubac at the trade deadline, and the Lakers, on the flip side, are 3-7. and seven. Yeah. I mean... It's just a Cor- silly trade. Yeah, correlation that is not causation, but it's just pretty funny to see that man Zubac. He's a difference I mean, maker. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's a difference maker, but it's just it, the only reason he has such high value is because the Lakers are missing a person like Zubac, and mm-hmm. they had him. Then they traded him away, basically just a a reliable big man that can score in the post and rebound the ball and just be a, a big figure there because the other players you have is JaVel McGee, who uh, really just doesn't have that great of an offensive touch. I mean, he's got the energy, um, but the skill set is kind of raw. Then you got Tyson Chandler, who once upon a time was a defensive player of the year, but now at 36, I mean, you can get 10 minutes good from him. But to have gotten rid of Zubak like that for for 
uh, Mike Muscala, who Ugh. really even <laughs> uh, rarely plays, like because he sucks. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't really belong there. But here's the question for the Lakers: Now they're a game; they have a game and a half lead over the 12 seed Pelicans. Um, so do you kick in Project Tankathon? Just put it in high gear because it looks like it's happening because Brandon Ingram isn't playing. Kyle Kuzma. I mean, not I'm playing. not going to question the legitimate. Yeah, I'm not going to question the legitimacy of that ankle roll, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's being stretched. Yeah, I feel like if they were in a more competitive position right now, Kuzma and Ingram might be playing through their pain, but they're right. not. So I, I guess I don't. I mean, it's not like they have much to lose. It's not like, oh, Brandon Ingram's shoulders hurt. What if he hurts it a little worse? Okay, well, too bad. It's not like you're going to make the playoffs anyway. You might as well go out there and play hard. Um, yeah. as long as you're not mathematically eliminated, especially, <laughs> um, yeah, at this point, it just seems like they are trying to increase their odds at the lottery and it makes sense. I mean, the Timberwolves are playing really well as of late. Um, the Pelicans always have a chance to win because Anthony Davis still plays, albeit 20 to 25 minutes a game. And they still have right. decent guys on that team. I, it's very feasible. The Lakers could end up falling to beneath the Pelicans and maybe even the Mavericks, Right, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But, I mean, yeah, at this point, just sit down, LeBron James. Give us the <laughs> press releases of load management and oh. soreness here and there. Like, You don't even like want we, this man to play? I don't think so. I mean, oh. dude, let's just get let's just get to the draft lottery. We'll watch the Lakers in the draft lottery yet again. We did it last year, but um, I guess we'll, 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 it only skips one year at this point. Um, yeah. And we'll see where they go because the question is – and then the question for Magic Johnson is once you get to draft to the draft lottery day, um, do you make a trade or do you still hold on and see what you can get in free agency and then start discussing a trade for Anthony Davis, um, which would be a gamble in and of itself because we don't know if Boston will make a trade on draft night. Oh, uh, yeah, and that will really depend on what Kyrie Irving is leaning towards at that point also. Yeah, so things are going to get a little bit more stressful for now, I guess. Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka will just have to uh, accept that maybe a lot of the blame goes to them for the <laughs> roster that they built. That I kind of just w- don't feel like it was deemed for success right from the just right from the get go. Yeah. So um, here's my final question with this right now, and then we'll put it to rest. Um, do you, Do you think that they can somehow take the Lakers off these na- nationally televised games that they have for the rest of the year? Because there's got to be better games on now with actual playoff implications. And the Lakers are scheduled for so many more national television games still. Like, that's like they got to do something to change that. I I am I agree with you 100%. Like, <laughs> I mean, give us OKC versus Utah yes. or OKC versus Portland. Like, these are serious games that are going to be – there's a lot to lose for, for all those teams. Um, I'd even I mean, watch, 76ers. like, Orlando versus Miami. that's true those teams are fighting for the eighth seed right there and and no i agree with you i would way rather they play those games unfortunately i don't think so since these are all contractly um, agreed to at the start of the year i think every now and then they might be able to switch some i'm not i don't know the complete details but um from what i do know i don't think it's going to be possible i think these games are set (laughs) so dumb how many of these games that they had this year like put on some real games for us yeah i agree um, moving on to the Warriors, Andrew Bogut agrees to a deal with the with the Golden State Warriors for the rest of the year on a veterans minimum. What a comeback from this man! The wow. former number one pick. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, former number one pick. Uh, was on the Warriors for a championship, or maybe two even. I forget which years exactly he was there. But, yeah, coming straight off of his uh, playoff semifinals loss in the Australian National Basketball League, where he was the MVP of the league. And now he's continuing his season with the Warriors to help them with their playoff push. Um, and honestly, it looks like they could use some help with uh, the starting lineup with Cousins has the worst defensive rating at 116.5 points a game given up. And yeah. I don't know if Andrew Bokit is the answer necessarily. He is on the older side. He's come off a full season of basketball, so he is fresh. Um, mm-hmm. Well, not fresh, but at least game ready uh, is what I'm more going for there. But Andrew Bogut could offer something to this team that, I mean, has struggled with big men outside of DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, and with Cousins on that note, Cousins is really like, he's not to blame for these these losses they've had. Um, But I think the honeymoon phase seems to be over with DeMarcus Cousins a little bit. Um, He came out and, you know, he he can knock down threes. He's great at the offensive end, but... This team has kind of struggled a little bit on the defensive side with Cousins right now over the stretch of this these games. Um, is it because Cousins just lost a touch from the injury? Or is it simply because this Warriors team seems to just kind of be a little relaxed on this Eastern Conference road trip that they're on or even, right, even losing to the Celtics at home? Um, like you mentioned, he has the lineup with Cousins. That starting lineup with Cousins has the worst defensive rating out of all their lineups. Um, as well as the one of their second most used lineups with Cousins has a net rating of minus negative point nine. So Cousins is kind of you could say a liability at least for right now. But if you say that to him as a reporter do, did his quote back is to say I'm struggling that's a bit foolish. Um, so what do you mm. think, Sean? Are we being a little bit foolish by calling this out, or is is it just simply a matter of this team is just kind of not don't have their heads in it right now, or kind of finding it hard to find a purpose to keep uh, fighting and winning games over this stretch to the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's that latter. It's definitely like we saw the same thing last year. Like they didn't even get the first seed last year. The Rockets got the first seed and they, they had their regular season stints where they just seemed like they didn't give a crap. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're in the stolen the number one seed right now and they likely will end with it uh, by the end of the year. Uh, the end of the regular season. And you just see this from the Warriors. They're like so used to winning. They lose a few games, and then everyone starts freaking out, like, Kevin Durant's going to go to New York tomorrow. Like, <laughs> I, it just doesn't make much sense to me when you, you look at the track record of the Warriors. This is nothing different for them. Um, we always try to build up stories to make it seem like the Warriors are finally going to be over with. But at the end of the day, like, it, what's crazy to me is that a lot of these um, playoff, like, a lot of these odd sites, like Basketball Reference 538, they have the Bucks with a higher chance to win the NBA Finals right now than the Warriors. It's got to be because of this stretch. Which is interesting. It's so interesting to me because that is such BS. You cannot yeah. tell me the Bucks are going to beat the Warriors right now. The championship Warriors, who have so much more tenure than the Bucks, Ansa Dekupo has never even been to a conference finals before, and you're going to give them the championship? That is saying a lot. And regular season record is cool and all, but at the end of the day... NBA Finals are such a different ball game. Yeah, I, I forgot. I found. I remember a couple years ago, or maybe just like last year on a podcast, I there was a number that I found that basically broke down the percentage of times the actual number one seed in the entire NBA actually even win, uh, wins the NBA championship, and it's not quite what you would think it is. Um, hmm. 
So, yeah, I mean, the Bucks have the best record, but to say they're the best team in the NBA with the best odds, yeah, I, I wouldn't agree with that. But, I mean, hey, odds play on numbers, and right now this stretch that the Warriors just went on doesn't look very well, I guess, number-wise. When you consider they lost to Miami, they lost to the Magic, and they lost to the Celtics. Um, Ma- the Heat and Magic are in a class of their own, obviously. They are, they're, yeah. they got, they're at a 45 <laughs> win percentage. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> they might get the 8th seed with the worst 8th seed winning win percentage of the entire decade right <laughs> now, it's looking like. So that's a class of its own. The Celtics, a 5th seed. So I guess it's not looking good, but I do think it's this is just um, – an isolated stretch here like I think the Warriors are kind of just having a hard time finding their purpose and the energy to uh to close this stretch of the regular season off and get into the playoffs I think they this team has been there and done that uh they are also missing Clay Thompson for a couple of those games so I think Mm -hmm. once he comes back and now they now that they're back at home I think it'll be this whole um thing is probably going to be over with yeah and if we compare catastrophic injuries like Gordon Hayward to DeMarcus Cousins I think DeMarcus Cousins has come back on way faster than Gordon Hayward has. And Gordon Hayward's yeah. had almost a full season to get his legs back under him, and he still hasn't. And we're seeing DeMarcus Cousins still put up some decent numbers here and there and definitely isn't as inconsistent as Hayward has been. So in my opinion, DeMarcus Cousins has recovered amazingly from his injury. Yeah, I agree. Um, and did he, And whether or not he lost a touch maybe of speed, yeah, it's possible. Um, probably, yeah, more probable than not. And I think that just means it's only a. It's just a matter of waiting. Uh, maybe by April he'll start getting his legs a little bit better under him, and maybe he won't be uh, such a liability on defense for the Warriors. But I mean, they got Bogut. Uh, mm-hmm. They still got Durant. They still got Curry <laughs> and Cousins. Maybe you can't play him thirty minutes or thirty-five minutes a game, but still, he's going to be a matchup nightmare in the playoffs mm-hmm. just because of his offensive skill set. Yeah, and Andrew Bogut is going to be a great addition off the bench to back him up. Uh, you won't have right. to play Kevin Looney as much. You won't have to play uh, Damian Lee as much, Jordan Bell. Like, none of these guys can really match up, and Andrew Bogut has been there, done that. So I think, that's yeah, that's that's probably the final piece they needed is to shore up that center position. Right. And um, speaking on the Warriors, it's got a big deal of forgetful here <laughs> after the end of that uh, Celtics game. Kevin Durant sells off on Steve Kerr after the brutal loss of the Boston Celtics. Uh, Steve Kerr telling the media that the team is missing anger and Durant reports that they should play with more joy. I mean, questioning questioning Steve Kerr in a way, saying, I thought we were the team that played with joy. Um I mean, is this a big deal, or is this just kind of forgetful here? Um, I think it's forgetful. I just I love how any how people take any opportunity to jump on the Kevin Durant is leaving bandwagon. Yeah, um, it it is interesting. I mean, I, I bet this happens with a lot of teams where uh, the coach and the player and the superstar player disagree on like what the team really needs. And I don't know. Sometimes public speaking is hard. Maybe Steve Kerr didn't actually mean anger. Maybe he was just maybe angry himself that they just got clobbered by the Celtics. Yeah, um, and- <laughs> that's what I think. That's what yeah. I think it is. It's more telling on how the Steve Kerr uh, took that loss. Obviously, with a little bit more uh, frustration and annoyance, maybe he looked at the fact that he lost against the Celtics. They lost against the Heat. They lost against the Magic. So they lost three out of the last four. Um, Kevin Durant, on the other hand, um, he probably when he since he was in the press conference. He obviously had showered. You know, he had taken his time, walked up there. He's probably calm by the point he answered that question. So 
I mean, he's, his mindset's probably on the next game already by then. Yeah, or on the next team, the New York Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> or the next team, yeah. So I agree, it's forgetful. Yeah. Um, bad stretch, but not a bad team. Not at all. Yeah. How about Gordon Hayward that game going? Hayward, 30 <laughs> points on 12 for 16 shooting, helping the Celtics beat the Warriors. And I think he just had himself a good game against the Kings here. So is this a big deal or forgetful in terms of is Gordon Hayward bringing the Celtics back onto the front line as one of the top teams in the East? Or is this just simply uh, just a two-game lucky stretch for him? I'm going to give it five games. If, if he has a stretch of five games where he's shooting – I'll say like 48% from the field at least, and he's scoring 15 points a game. I'll say it's a big deal because that's some huge contributions from this guy that you've needed this whole season, and it can be sort of a rallying cry for this team that's been nothing but disarray the entire season. All you see is quotes about how they're not together. Nobody likes playing here. Nobody understands what's going on. Everyone wants to be playing for themselves. Um, And you can rally around a guy like Gordon Hayward who – Everyone really wants to see do well. I'm sure everyone on the team has nothing against Gordon Hayward. It's either against Kyrie Irving or Jason Tatum or Terry Rozier or whatever. But Mm -hmm. everyone can agree that they want Gordon Hayward to become the player that he once was. And if he can go start going on a run where he starts to look like his former self, that can be enough to bring this team back into competing for a title. Yeah, I agree. And he's the missing piece. He's the missing weapon for this team. Um, I mean, they're still a great defensive team, even after everything they've gone through and sitting only as a fifth seed. They're still a good uh, defensive team. It's the offense that just has been lackluster. Um, Obviously, there is some consistency issues on the defensive side, but you're right. If Gordon Hayward can be that rallying cry, that's a big deal. And I agree. Right now, it seems like, because we've seen him, we've seen him do this this season, put (laughs) up a solid number of points, but then he follows that up with a bad stretch of game, so... If he can get it together for the next five or ga- five or so games, like you mentioned, Sean, I'm, I will also jump on that mm-hmm. big deal bandwagon. Yeah, we'll, we'll check back in on him next week. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really hopeful. I'm really excited. I really hope Gordon Hayward comes to the player he, he can be because as, I, want, I need as many teams clamoring to be as good as they can be to beat the Warriors. Yeah, that's true. And it's funny because he does this after last week I declared – that Boston is the way it is, that there's no more <laughs> need to talk about. They just need to get over the hump or they just need to figure things out. Uh, but here they go. Keep putting themselves back into um, the discussion around the NBA. Yeah, uh, and I, I did I did hear um, another part of that 30-point game he had. And like they asked Kyrie Irving, and he had said something about how the long plane ride from Boston to San Francisco – Something happened on that plane ride that like really helped everyone's mentality and like bring everyone together. But he wouldn't say what. Interesting. So uh, I, I'm pretty curious what that would be. I mean, we might never know, but he gotta hinted at something. Book. Yeah, you gotta wait till the book <laughs> if that, that ever comes out. But man, I, I was so curious. Like, what could have happened on that plane ride that got everyone so like happy go lucky all of a sudden? Yeah, I'm trying to think what would be one of the. Group- great bonding activities i don't know maybe, maybe they just played a riveting game of uh what of like apples to apples or something <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like monopoly or something but i feel like monopoly, no, monopoly tear tears apart, apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah apples to apples maybe, yeah cards against humanity so, something like that Some just yeah yeah charades on an airplane <laughs> i don't know maybe it's Anyways, possible yeah 
How about Trey Young being ejected for staring at Krista and after nailing a shot right in his face? Um, And this is after this is the rematch game after that epic quadruple double game against the Bulls. Big deal or forgetful? What do you think here with Trey Young being ejected in the what is the beginning? Oh, it was the beginning of the third it was quarter. The third, and they were yeah, they were winning. Uh, I think they ended up winning the game, but this is a big deal for two reasons. One, these refs, man, need to just stop, man. Just stop teeing yeah. up these guys for nothing. I want to see some personality from NBA players. I don't want them to be like baseball players where I don't even know like anything about them. You know, I I want to see some charisma, some energy, some competitive spirit. Um, stare downs are nothing. This yeah. doesn't mean anything. It's ridiculous. Why would you? Uh, it, I don't know. I don't know if it's because of his a rookie or what, or maybe he said something before that pissed the ref off. But that was just stupid. And two, this is a big deal because this could have been the difference between you playing Scott and you playing Fonz in fantasy this week <laughs> in the playoffs. Yep, that was the frustrating and, yeah, aspect and, of it. Yeah, and man, it would have been a lot better if Fonz is going up against you right now. Yeah, we're deep in the fantasy playoff bucket right now. Like. Every every injury, um, ejection, it matters. It matters. And especially if you're a guy like Trey Young that's crucial to a lot of teams. Come on, refs. Do it at least do it for the NBA fans. <laughs> yeah, he was having a good game, man. He could have sealed it to help you out. Right, and he still had the most of the third quarter, the fourth yep. quarter to keep going. Yeah, against the Bulls. Chris Dunn's yeah. not stopping this man. No, he's not. <laughs> maybe maybe Chris Dunn paid him off or he felt bad for Chris. <laughs> I don't know, but it it is frustrating on a real on a real note. It's I mean, listen, the NBA, you got five guys out there from one side, five from the other side. This team is run off personalities and individuals. It's just the nature of basketball. So to throw up throw out the star player for the Hawks, oh, come on. Yeah, that's pretty sad. And we won't even get into if it's a big deal if uh, Brent that Brandon Ingram shoulder injury right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is frustrating. Ah, oh, frustrating as heck. Brandon Ingram on my team just absolutely crushing for the fact that he's not playing out there tonight. Oh my god. Anyways, let's get, let's go to let's go to the hot teams. Teams that are on fire right now, and it's the Spurs. The Spurs. Um, they went through a bad stretch of games, but now they've caught themselves in a four-game winning streak, and they're back in the seventh seed. Man, the Spurs just keep getting away with fire. I. I predicted that they would not make the playoffs just because I thought the competitiveness was going to be so deep in the West. But now it looks like it's just a question of whether they'll be 7th or 8th. Um, and they got themselves back in 7th thanks to this recent streak that they're on. Yeah, it's pretty great. I mean, quality wins over the Nuggets, the Thunder. Even I would count the Pistons as even a quality win now since they've been on a hot streak too. And there's really... No stories of like, wow, like this guy's really stepped up for them, and that's what's been the difference. It just seems like they're just playing solid basketball all around. They got not in good rotation guys that they go through that just do all the things that need to be done. Just play Spurs basketball, you know? It's the same old story every year, and it's working out again. And now they have five of their next six at home, um, so they can continue this streak pretty easily. And they're only one game behind Utah for the sixth seed. And they, they have the seventh easiest schedule remaining so far. So all signs are pointing to the Spurs back in the playoffs, and Popovich's streak of being in the playoff continues indefinitely. Yeah, I was hoping it was going to break this year, but looks like that's not going to happen. And, I mean, at the seventh seed, they'll be playing Denver right now. 
I'm not. I, I would like to see them play the Warriors. I want to see them see what the Warriors can do or what the Spurs. Ooh. Maybe they can win themselves like two games against the Warriors. Yeah, man, that would be something. That would be quite a feat. Like this Spurs team would pretty get overwhelmed at pretty much every position as far as star power goes. Um, right. and I mean, so would the Clippers too. But <laughs> yeah, it it would be interesting. I think Greg Popovich would at least have something for the Warriors. So. I'd be yeah. I'd be down to see that first round matchup. I think that would be giving the Warriors at least the hardest possible matchup they could have in the right. first round. I think so. So we'll see where it goes from there. But how about the Miami Heat fighting for their playoff lives on a three game <laughs> winning streak to take the eight seed thanks to ridiculous losses from the Orlando Magic? <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Yep. You can't bet on the magic, man. Well, they lose to the Cavs last this yeah. last week. Yep. <laughs> they lost to the Cavs. I mean, they beat the Warriors. What other big teams have they beaten? Oh man. They beat I don't know. Toronto. Yeah, they, they beat the Celtics. Yeah, they beat the Celtics. Then yeah. they come back and lose to the to the Cavs. Yep. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, that's great. But yeah, the Miami Heat on this three-game winning streak, and they regained the eighth seed with a big win tonight over the Hornets. Um, who, I mean, we we talked about before. Just they're going to be sad, and they're actually next up on our segment, but not for <laughs> hot teams. Um, yeah. But a big part of the Heat starting to win is Kelly Olynyk continues to get more and more minutes, and that seems to have translated into more and more wins for this team. He's averaging. 18.5 points per game during this streak, this three-game streak right now, uh, with 29 minutes per game this month, including 45 played against the Hornets tonight. He played all yeah. but three minutes tonight. <laughs> yeah, and you would think, I thought his usage was going to get cut down as soon as Hassan Whiteside came back. Um, he's back, and Kelly Olenek is still being used. And I mean, also, Dwayne Wade gets a little shout-out, man. He's been pretty consistent yeah that, in yeah, terms that of game in, winner against the warriors <laughs> yeah exactly he's been and ever since then he's been a consistent offensive weapon for this team um yeah the he's got themselves quite a stretch still in terms of schedule difficulty uh but maybe they can they can hold on to this eight seed because the orlando magic <laughs> i mean it looks like you can put the worst team in front of them and they'll figure out a way to <laughs> lose somehow figure, yeah they'll figure it out and i mean i feel like the heat they just they are just a better team than the Hornets and the Magic. And uh, they, overall, the schedule yeah is one thing, but I mean, they I don't know why they haven't been using Olenek more. Like, I don't know why they're just discovering that this guy is a good piece for them and they're rolling with guys like Rodney Magruder in the starting lineup. <laughs> like they they're just messing around. They they need to get playing their good guys. Yeah. So, what do you think? You think they that they, they finish with something over higher than 46% as the 8 seed? I think they'll go 40 and 42. Okay. Which I don't even bad. know what that is as a percent, but I, I mean, it's better. Than- it's a, I think it's a little better than 46. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but anyways, let's go to sinking teams. And no surprise, both me and you, Sean, we, we agreed that <laughs> we the agree. Charlotte Hornets were going to go into deep free fall over <laughs> through the stretch of March and to close the year. And here you have it. They've lost five of the last six games, including key games against the Heat and Nets. Both those games would have helped their playoff odds a little bit better. But, I mean, losing those games bumped them down a full game under those teams. Uh, I mean, it's there's nothing new to talk about here. It's just the exact same story. It's Kemba Walker and a bunch of guys you can't identify who is really the second best player, but they're all being paid like they're close to being the best player on the team. I think their salaries aren't far off Kemba Walker's. 
No, I mean, yeah, Kemba Walker's getting underpaid, and he, yeah. he's he's due for a big paycheck in the offseason. But, yeah, you're talking about guys like Marvin Williams in the starting lineup getting paid $15 million over the next two years, averaging 10 points and six rebounds. And then even yeah. more ridiculous, Nicholas Batum, man. This max contract he got a few years ago, where he's going to make $24 million, $25 million the next few years, next two or three years, I think, averaging 10 and 5. this is just like what did you think this guy was gonna become like he never really (laughs) showed that much when he was in portland definitely not the much to be worthy of this much money and you're just talking about jeremy lamb he sometimes plays well he sometimes doesn't uh cody zeller same thing uh frank the tank same thing there there's just (laughs) no reliable options outside of kemba walker and this is what's gonna happen you're gonna lose more games than you win when you only have one guy, one superstar, but that's not named LeBron James. Yeah. And nobody's. Yeah, yeah I mean, even the young pieces like uh, Marvin, well, Malik Monk. Miles um, Bridges. Miles Bridges. Who else do they have on the, the young mm. guys? on Malik uh, Monk, Miles Bridges. Ah, I don't know. None of these guys have really shown much promise. Every now and then they'll have a good game. Obviously, you also have Michael Kidd Gilchrist on this roster who yeah. looked like a, he was going to be a promising player. Bismarck Biombo. <laughs> you got Biombo. <laughs> it's it's just all bad with this roster. I guess you at this point you just got to play out these contracts. Um, yeah, next roster. two or three years are going to be rough. They're going to be yeah. really rough. And you're looking at losing Kemba Walker in the offseason. I just cannot imagine him wanting to be a part of this team anymore. He doesn't owe think, them anything. Right. I think the only way he stays with the with this team is if Jordan just bites the bullet and continues to pay luxury tax for the next two years and gives that man the max contract he deserves. Um, because or else, I mean, if I were him, I'd leave, but I don't know how many teams out there would give him the max. Yeah. I I bet the Lakers would. You think so? Oh, totally. Oh, definitely. You don't think so? I don't think so. Hmm. I think magic is really going to hold those eggs for a big player. Kemba is a big player. He's an all-star starter. Yeah, but he's not a tier one player. Like, he's, <sighs> like, he's top 20, but he's not top 10. Well, Magic Johnson's going to be severely disappointed when he doesn't get that. Or yeah, he has to trade the farm for Anthony Davis. That's that's it. That's those. <laughs> that's why this offseason is going to be so tough because uh, you want to put all your eggs to get the tier one A-level star, but those guys just might not be there. And then do you settle for, for a second-tier star and give them the max? Like a Kemba uh, Walker yeah, or a I Jimmy Butler? Do. No, not Jimmy Butler. <laughs> not Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I, I think Kemba Walker is a winner. Jimmy Butler, maybe not so much. Yeah, I guess we'll see. That's for another day. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it makes things a little complicated there. Uh, but how about the Dallas Mavericks? Also three-game losing streak. They're in full-on tank mode right now, <laughs> yeah. losing eight of the last nine. I mean, why would you not be in tank mode when you're starting Dirk Nowitzki in your lineup and you trade – some of your best players for Christoph Porzingis, is a guy who's not going to play this year, but he's still a good player. Yeah. The tank continues. I mean, yeah, it's all according to plan. I, we, they're sinking, but they want to be sinking. So it's actually working right. out pretty well for them. Um, it's funny though, because I mean, you look at a guy like Doncic and he just continues to want to win. Uh, but there's just no one around him that can help him do that. Um, and he's averaging, uh, in the month of February, better numbers than he had the rest of the season. He continues to improve 22 points a game, 8.1 rebounds, 6.4 assists in the month of February. And just no signs of slowing down. No one's 
taking the ball away from him on this team. He has full command of the entire roster at this point. And you know what? It's not really a roster you want command of. They're going to have to do some cleaning up in the offseason yeah. to make this a contender uh, with Porzingis coming in next year and whoever else they can manage to pair with these two guys. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Dwight Powell's been putting together some good games. Uh, Jalen Brunson might have some time to have, might have a chance to stay on this roster, but yeah, this team's going to look a lot different next year, and that's, that's basically good. what they're <laughs> what they're putting their bass their eggs into, and it'll be exciting to see what this team can do next year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if they can sign a guy, like I don't think they're going to be able to get any tier one players, uh, no like we were way. talking about with with the Lakers, but I think they do have a shot at a guy like Nikola Vucevic. Um, they they could mm-hmm. they could probably pry him out of Orlando because, I mean, let's face it, who would Vucevic rather play for? A team that with two of the best Euro stars in the league or Orlando Magic with Aaron Gordon? Like, yeah. it's a, really a no-brainer for me when I'm looking at what he could possibly do with his career um, being in his prime right now in a roster with Doncic, Porzingis, and Vucevic, along with if they get a top-five pick in the lottery, like the, along with Powell and Brunson, this could be a very good team next year. Maybe even a playoff potential team if they're able to mesh quickly. Yeah, you still have Tim Hardaway Jr. coming off the bench uh, as well. Yeah, which is fine. Trey I've never. Burke. You you know how I feel about Tim Hardaway Jr. Though <laughs> he's he's never been very good. He's a solid player to have he's, if he's coming off your bench. He's a volume shooter that isn't good at shooting. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of guys. You don't you want that that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. This guy, I just love this dude. Tobias Harris would fit in good oh, with that team. No, as well. he's not leaving the Sixers at this point, though. Yeah, I'm playing with I don't Simmons think so. and Embiid, you're not giving that up to go to right. take a chance on Dallas. He'd fit in well, but I mean, Tobias Harris is a guy that don't fit in well on any team. Yeah, that's the thing is you could literally plug him in anywhere. <laughs> you could put Tobias <laughs> Harris on any team. It's like how many players can you say? Like, I mean, does that mean we're putting him in like superstar status? Because it's like you think about who are the players that you could put on any team and they would make them, he'd instantly fit in. It's like LeBron James, so, not even maybe. He yeah, doesn't seem like he's fit. I was like, going to say. I would say like Steph Curry, like Kevin Durant, uh, Paul George, Clay Thompson. Uh, maybe Clay Thompson. I don't even know if Clay Thompson. It's hard to say. Um, but Tobias Harris, you put him on any team, he fits in no matter what you do because he's so versatile. Yeah, that's true. And speaking of this dude, he we have him right here for best performance of the week when he gets his getting a career high with 12 rebounds alongside 21 points and 5 assists, a 55% shooting and a win against the Magic. Unfortunately, frustratingly, he followed that up with a terrible dead <laughs> performance today. But we'll let that pass and we'll still give him his shout-out for one of the best performances of this week. Um, against that magic team oh man I, i'm i love me some Tobias, and the clippers are doing surprisingly well, well without him but man i miss him so much i feel like we would be the same team with him there and bobin also i was i was watching bobin on instagram and i was like oh why are the clippers in chicago and i was like oh wait <laughs> they're yeah. not on the clippers <laughs> yeah how about Donovan Mitchell just lighting it up for Utah here in the second half of the year? Uh, he's hit his career high with 46.3 rebounds and six assists and a win over the Milwaukee Bucks. Man, every now and then I need a reminder that Donovan Mitchell is only in the second year. Of the <laughs> he's NBA. only in his second year. He's made he's made the jump that everyone thought Jason Tatum should have made 
already mm-hmm. too. But Donovan Mitchell doesn't have Kyrie Irving holding him back, so yeah. this is all all systems go. Donovan Mitchell is just getting right into playoff mode right when it counts. Man, right. man, I'm I, what he did last year in the playoffs was so epic. I cannot wait to see what he does this year. Yeah, and it's crazy, man. This guy does not fall under pressure. Uh, he just puts some. He just makes some ridiculous moves down the stretch to close for the Utah Jazz, and it's a little bit dangerous for them as a team. I think <laughs> you rely so much on this guy to create shots for you, and a lot of times it's just a simple high pick and roll, and he yeah, just he just makes it happen. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, but uh, alongside him, how about his other teammate, Derek Favors, going 10 for 12 for 23 points, 18 rebounds, 3 blocks, and a plus 29 rating in that win, also against the Milwaukee Bucks. Big win for the Utah Jazz, who are trying uh, to hold off the Spurs, who are coming behind them, but also trying to make that climb and potentially pass the Rockets and OKC, who ha- who both have a-, a tough schedule ahead of them. Yeah, and that was a huge win for Utah. And these two guys were the catalyst for that comeback because uh, the Bucks were handing them a loss pretty handily throughout most of that game. And Derek Fazer's Donovan Mitchell, a big part of that. The other starters weren't really playing up to snuff. And, man, it, it, this is a game Derek Favors never does this. Like, he's consistently yeah. mediocre. But this this game is probably his best game ever, honestly, I want to say. Yeah. I think it's his best game of the year so far. I think so. Actually, the 18 rebounds is and 18 with the 23 points is pretty <laughs> hot. Actually, it, what's funny is that Rudy Gobert hardly played in this game because Derek Favors was just outplaying him. Yeah, he played uh, an he was amazing just on another game. level that that day. Yeah, just yeah. When you're feeling it, you're feeling it. I guess. And this was a huge win for Utah too because this was like the only good team they have to face for the rest of the regular season. And they managed to pull off a win against them. Yeah. I I can't wait to for this team to just get into playoff mode. Like if Derek Favors can give Utah like two or three games like this, um, at least in every round, then this team might just miraculously surprise the people. <laughs> yeah. And um, maybe push that second of uh, second round series into seven games. I don't yeah. know if they'll make Western <laughs> Conference, but and you're firmly on the Jazz bandwagon now that the Lakers are all but eliminated, yeah? Yes, I am a, I am a Utah <laughs> Jazz fan. I'm about to put my Jazz jersey, jersey on yeah, and get, everything. Yeah, what, are you going to get a Joe Ingles one? Is that the one you're shooting for? <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny, but no, I'll, I'll settle with the Gobert jersey. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. How about JaVel McGee, 10 for 10, 21 points and 7 rebounds off the bench in a loss against the Suns. I don't know if this deserves the best performance, honestly. He's the only one that did well against them. Well, that's because he just stands under the basket and just does puts back. And DeAndre Aiden is just, he's a kindergartner compared to JaVel McGee. He's 19. He still doesn't know how to box out correctly in the NBA. Yeah, but I mean, got to give props to JaVel for fighting in what was otherwise the most pathetic performance uh, this Laker team has put up this entire season, which is actually saying something because they've put up some pathetic performances this year. Um, but in a must-win situation against the worst team in the league, um, JaVale McKee was the only one that came to play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, were they – I think were they were down by 20, right? Like at yeah. halftime? Oh, it was ridiculous. Like they rallied back and then only, only to just like completely run out of gas and fall down again. Yeah, speaking of rallying back, the Lakers were within three points of the Nuggets in the fourth quarter – and they ended up losing by 16. Oh. <laughs> I forgot that game was still going on. That's that's just how 
disappointed I am. I'm just not even paying attention to what's going to happen. Yeah, with which this it didn't team. even matter. Yeah, it didn't. They yeah. they win this game. What 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 does it matter? Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. pride. <laughs> yeah, Gordon Hayward though playing his best game of the year. Twenty eight minutes, twelve for sixteen, thirty point seven rebounds, four assists, and two steals, zero turnovers, and a clobbering against the Warriors. Uh, we talked about this earlier, but we just needed to mention the exact stats that this man walked out of at the end of that night. Yeah, just deserved a little bit of a second mention there. Just had to put him in the segment. Yeah. How about West? Worst performance of the week. The DJ Wilson. Too busy DJing the night before, I think, because he went 0 for 6, 0 for 4 from 3, 0 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 turnovers, and a loss against the Jazz. How about that punchline for you, Sean? Yeah, well, that, yeah, well done. I wasn't as bad. Well, here's my trivia question for you. Who does DJ Wilson play for? <laughs> oh man it's gonna be a team that the jazz lost to in this week so who did they play they played the bucks oh god i forgot the other teams they played already <laughs> i don't know he sounds like he played for the pistons he plays for the bucks oh he plays for the bucks why yeah. didn't i go with that yeah you, you had it but i didn't even know that this guy was on the bucks I don't know I, why I, he was in the regular rotation. Why you give this guy 16 minutes is beyond me. He's definitely not getting that much next time he gets put in the lineup. Was there an injury or maybe somebody got uh, into foul trouble? I, don't I really have remember. no idea. Yeah, but yeah, they, they'll probably learn from that mistake. He might be the yeah. reason they lost, honestly. <laughs> oh, for six. That's in 16 minutes. He took six shots. Yeah. Um, they yeah they they relied on him for some volume there. Yeah, he's trying to put up some threes for them, and they're probably wide open too. <laughs> yeah, potentially, probably. How about Marcus Morris? Eighteen minutes going, zero for three, zero points, three rebounds, and two turnovers in a loss Woof. against the Rockets. Man, Man, that was just the bad night for the Celtics on yeah. national TV. And it's like you don't expect Marcus Morris to do anything miraculous, but he's been a steady contributor to this team all year. And that mm-hmm. like that was eighteen minutes of just nothing. Yeah, him and Marcus Smart at times seem to be the only sparks for this team when they're going through bad stretches like that game against the Rockets. Like right in the second quarter, third quarter, it seemed like the team was ready to just throw in the towel. Um, but Marcus Morris and uh, Marcus Smart usually are those guys that set that spark up for them again, and they did rally back in this game. Yeah, they did rally back, but. It wasn't thanks to Marcus Morris, that's for sure. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Jeremy Lin finding his place with no, the Toronto Raptors, but also Jeremy. throwing up some duds as well. Why? Zero for eight in 25 minutes, one point, one rebound, two assists, and loss against the Detroit Pistons after getting a, getting a position on the starting role with Kawhi Leonard taking a rest day. Oh, man. I, I was just I, – I never want to see this happen to my boy. <laughs> Jeremy Lin deserves so much better than this. I wonder does if he, he had some. He does. He's <laughs> actually a decent player, man. He gets so much disrespect because he's Asian. I don't know. I don't think. Yes, so. he does, man. <laughs> yes, he does. It's the same as like. It's the same with any any other race. It's the same. Like if there was like a Mexican basketball player, like he wouldn't get as much respect as as a African American basketball player. Are you sure it doesn't have nothing to do with going over eight? That is just one game. <laughs> it's one game. You know, you know who else is on this list? Chris Middleton is on this list. Worst performance of the week. Okay, 31. let's move on to Chris Middleton. <laughs> I couldn't talk about it with Jeremy Lin. I can't do him dirty like that. All right. Chris Middleton, 31 minutes, one for 13 shooting, only six points, 
minus 18 net rating in a loss to the Suns. The Suns Man, just that... taking down everybody around yeah. here. Anti-tanking. <laughs> exactly. Every year there's one team that just has nothing to play for, but still just sticks their nose in and interrupts the playoff seedings with by giving the teams that they're playing against some hard games and and getting some unexpected wins and the Phoenix Suns have been doing that so yeah. far. Yeah, I mean they're still fighting. I mean, when you only have the same odds for the top or for the bottom 3 teams, it makes sense to still be playing in some of these games, still trying to compete because if you win a few here or there, you're still in the bottom three. It's fine. They they still have a comfortable lead over the Bulls in the Tankathon. Uh, we'll we'll have to start getting some updates on that as the season comes to a close here soon. But yeah, yeah you can argue that Chris Middleton was a big reason the Bucks lost this game. Uh, you could also argue that they probably thought the Suns weren't very much competition. But a fun fact here: the Suns actually swept the season series against the Bucks. Wow! Beat them two zero. <laughs> so the Bucks actually lost a home game against the yeah, Suns. Yeah, the best the best record in the NBA. Two of those losses are the Phoenix Suns. I wonder if it just happened that somebody's birthday was the day before that or something. The whole <laughs> team went out for drinks. Yeah, hungover. Or maybe Phoenix just has a nightlife that none of us really know about. Or maybe maybe they <laughs> just have like somehow the most countered matchup lineup to the Bucks somehow. Like, all their guys just match up really well against them for some reason. Is that possible? DeAndre Aiden? Who do they normally play at the four? Oh, man. Well, I think TJ Warren when he's not hurt, but he's yeah, hurt. Yeah, TJ Warren. He's been hurt since, like, December. I think they're playing Dragon Bender. Dragon Bender. <laughs> <laughs> I There's forgot just no about way. that guy. There's yeah. just no way that guy's a positive matchup against anyone. Yeah, so you had Tyler Johnson... Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre Jr. Yeah. Dragon wow. Bender. Dragon Bender. And, and Josh DeAndre Jackson? Aiden. And Josh Jackson comes off the bench. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there you go. The killer yeah. squad right there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm about to close this uh, this podcast up. We started with the Lakers, so we'll end with the Lakers. And we got to give a shout-out to LeBron James because in midst of this horrendous season, this nightmare and disappointment, and greater disappointment for the 83% of people who put their money on the line. <laughs> the Lakers would, would finish over 48 wins. You should have put your money on the line that LeBron James was going to pass Michael Jordan on the all-time NBA scoring list because that's what this man did today. Um, 32,294 career points and counting, and that puts him at fourth all-time behind uh, the boy Kobe Bryant. Yep, Kobe Bryant, only 1.3 or yeah 1300 points away from kobe so i mean you got to think he's gonna pass kobe pretty soon here um yeah. probably next season and then but man to get to that second place uh 4.6 k to reach the mailman carl malone himself it's it's crazy that i mean it just seems like Guys should be passing up guys like Carl Malone and Kareem Abdul just because of lo- the longevity of careers nowadays in the NBA. But these numbers, no, dude, these you guys look at the games. Unreachable. Have you seen the games played that Kareem and Carl Malone have? I think Carl Malone's at like fourteen hundred games played in his career, and Kareem's at all over fifteen hundred. That's ridiculous. And LeBron, these guys LeBron, are- right now is at eleven hundred games played. So, and you think about the longevity of LeBron's career. And these guys still played about four or five seasons more basketball than he has still. 
Yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the volume of guys that play more games is greater now than it was then. I, like, I just seem, it just seems like Karl Malone and Kareem were just, ex- just extreme outliers for their era. And even, even for now, even now, it's, it still is the case, which is crazy. In terms mm-hmm. of the games yeah, they can play, for sure. But yeah, it is crazy. But shout, sh- yeah, shout out to LeBron though, man. Uh, he scores a lot of points. He does a lot for his team, and uh, except for in the win column. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in, uh, and congrats to LeBron James. And maybe we can say congrats to the Lakers for winning the the lottery in a couple months from now, hopefully. But- wow. Wishful thinking. <laughs> From, yeah. a, from a very pessimistic Laker fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and like us and tune in week in and week out here on the Second Stringers NBA Podcast. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everyone. Yeah.